and welcome to Grazia Life Advice, Grazia's podcast brought to you by Primark. I'm Rhiannon and each week I'll be interviewing women worth listening to and getting them to pass on the six best pieces of advice they've ever been given and the worst piece too. Thank you so much for joining us for our sixth episode. Today's guest is a brilliant journalist and broadcaster, Emma Barnett. From tech journalist to women's section editor, Emma is now better known as a broadcaster. A BBC Five Live presenter, her work regularly hits the headlines, notably that Theresa May interview where she admitted shedding a tear on election night. There was also the Women's Hour interview where Labour leader Jeremy Corbyn messed up his sums. Desperate to chat to Emma, we grabbed her on the first day of her maternity leave a few months ago, just before the birth of her first child. She brilliantly gave us way more than six pieces of advice, which you'll be able to put into practice no matter who you're dealing with, even the Prime Minister. So, over to Emma. We're here with Emma. We're at New Broadcasting House in London. It's absolutely amazing in here. Yeah, well, we are in the Patsy and Edwina room. I did not know that we were going to do this in the absolutely <laughs> fabulous room, but it is perfect for Grazia. It's perfect, isn't it? I love it. I feel like someone booked this on purpose and I'm happy about it. <laughs> we're just across the way from uh, the Little Britain Passage, yeah. make of that what you will, and yeah. uh, just a table away from Royston Vasey. So it's going well. Yes. <laughs> Brought Amazing. you to a glamorous spot. <laughs> Amazing building. Do you love working for the BBC, coming here? and It's great, isn't it? Yeah, you never know who's going to be standing around the corner, regardless of how they've zoned or named to the areas yeah. um, whether that is the cast of W1A or yeah. I don't know like yesterday one of my guests was a was a shaved headed monk nun woman who right. used to be a banker and she was just going up to people and giving them hugs so wow. you do see quite a lot of characters yeah went past broadcasting hero Simon Mayo on the way in everyone's here yeah um, so we've we've grabbed you just before you're actually on maternity leave you started today and we've made you come and work so Grazia thank you. is my first <laughs> maternity leave appointment brilliant and I'm glad because I just really oh, you've done so many amazing things recently of course interviewing Theresa May that Jeremy Corbyn interview where he slipped up famously and so we just wanted to get your best advice um, and pass it on to our readers I'll see what I can do so we're going to run through I think your first one I like this it sounds dastardly but it's not it's uh, <laughs> always have a plot on the boil tell me about that Plotting is one of my favourite things. I love plotting okay. other people's careers enormously. Oh, if really? I had to say one of my favourite things to do, it is that. Okay. So I, I don't think people do plot enough. And when I say plot, I I mean about career. That's mm. what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about like think of some awful things down the pub to do to your friends. I guess. Or, I mean, yeah, you can do that. But um, I think everybody needs a side hustle. Mm-hmm. Everybody needs to be thinking, you know, it's not necessarily how to get to the next stage in what they're doing already, but I think... You, you you get stale and mm-hmm. I've always had a side hustle on regardless of what I'm doing and I love thinking of new ways of doing of things um, I mean if I give a proper example because yeah. it's always easier when I was at the Telegraph I, I worked there for seven years mm. and I started as their first kind of digital media correspondent mm-hmm. as in writing about technology and media so I was going to Silicon Valley a lot wow. I was doing all of that and it was great and that's when I started getting into radio at the mm. same time because there were A, very few people who wanted to, I think, sometimes explain that world. B, few who could do it on the radio and like doing it. Yeah. And definitely C, extremely few women mm. at that point. Mm. But that became my side hustle, was broadcasting while I was writing. And then after that beat, I did it for about four years. I started thinking about women and the content that was out there for them. And that's when I came up with the women's section. So... I suppose I don't need to go into all the different details, but I don't think people plot 
enough. They and think particularly women as well. No, not particularly women. Lots of my male friends mm. don't think like this. I think it's about how you get there, and it's not always obvious and I think there are different connections people could be making along the way and I think a lot of the time when people do start thinking about the next job it's almost too late Mm -hmm. because they're desperate and they hate what they're doing at that time then you get that frying pan into fire situation exactly Mm -hmm. and I also think you haven't laid any groundwork at that point I mean it's always best to go and see a really powerful person when you don't need them okay and it's always good to go and see them when you can help them and thought about how maybe even just a small thing even if it's a clip or a link or something they haven't seen Mm. And you're asking for nothing back because then when you do need something, mm. you've got some new friends. Okay. Oh, that's like two in one. I like that. Sorry. Yeah. there's good value. <laughs> I told <laughs> you, plotting careers, I do like doing. Is there anybody who gave you that advice or is it something you came to realise? Yes. So one of my, you know, unwitting mentors, he's also now a member of my family, is my husband's uncle. Okay. Uncle Peter needs a shout out. Okay. Uh, who is, I think he's in his mid 60s now. He won't mind me saying that. Mm. And he is the king of plots. He's always thinking he did used to work here at the BBC. He's right. the, only, the only person I'm vaguely related to, really, who's to do with media as yeah. well. Uh, so it, we plot all the time and we talk all about different things. In fact, for that Theresa May interview, because he was a political producer back in the day, it was very fun plotting things around <laughs> that with him. Um, but I mean, in the broader sense, he taught me very much um, when I was starting out in media to think always two or three steps ahead. Great. I love that. And um, this is one I do. uh, I think everyone falls into this trap and it's an ego thing. Uh, Here you've written, no one is going to thank you for your good work. Don't do it for that. Somebody said that to me really early on Mm. at The Telegraph, actually. Right. Okay. A newspaper newsroom, it's quite brutal Mm. and it's quite solitary in some ways. You're all off to do your own thing really and feed into this much bigger production which Mm. is brilliant when you think about how they make a newspaper every single day I still love thinking about that (laughs) but nobody's going to sit there and it's not just specific to my industry I don't think and ever really say that was amazing I mean they may say well done on a piece of work Mm. but if you're living for that praise I don't really think again I know we're talking about work I've got Mm. a few bits of advice that are off off work um But I think if that's your driving force to be thanked and to have gratitude towards you for what you do, Mm. you're going to be left wanting because while people are polite and I do really make every effort to thank now my producers at Five Live or, Mm. you know, people who help me do things. And I'm I'm the queen of the notelets. Actually, I should have put that down. I always write to people. I still write by hand. Yeah. Extra bit of advice. Yeah. Um, But I... I think it's just really good to go into things thinking I'm doing this for this reason and if somebody thanks me it's a bonus. Okay. So what what should be what should motivate people do you think? I think well first of all whatever your job is it might you know I, I'm always really aware that when media people talk about their work we have like meaning attached to it we mm. tell amazing stories we connect with people in a very different way. There are lots of people who do jobs which have none of that. Yeah. Um, so it might be the reason that you're doing it is the money. Mm. You know, uh, I'm not saying that everybody who has a job with meaning doesn't do it for the money as well, but it might be that you do it because that's the next thing you need to do to get to the next stage. It mm. might not be anything meaningful at all. But in the broadest sense, you do it for yourself. Yeah. You, you do it for your sense of good about the, the work that you're doing, your sense of worth, mm-hmm. your sense of value, and for your family, maybe, you know, mm. 
for your rent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch got to make rent. I yeah. mean, let's just get real on that. I can swear on a podcast. I know that's so good. It's, I mean, it's very liberating. Yeah. <laughs> I'm worried now next time you're in front of a microphone it's going to slip and it'll be my fault yeah but you're wearing the headphones for once and I'm not so yeah does it feel strange it feels extremely strange <laughs> you've got a script you've got all the kit and yeah. I've got nothing here yeah I like it it's strange I, f- I feel naked <laughs> um, I like this one You bit, bit romantic uh, you've said you know when you know you know yes is that about your partner it is like I you? have been with my other half uh, since university since oh, right. the last year of uni um at least I got the first two years right yeah in the sense of uh we both did playing around there yeah um let's not get into that my gosh it's the morning uh so I always thought that was a load of nonsense my mother has always said that as a piece hmm. of advice you will just know when you know yeah. and I thought she drank something weird um it seems something easy to say it's doesn't so it? easy to say yeah. and I'm really aware we're in our 13th year together now um, my husband and I, now husband, but I did know, and I really did know. And I think I'm not saying there's only one person, and mm. I'm not saying there's not different people at different times for people. But I was very surprised by that piece of advice because mm. it's a cliche, yeah, and it turned out to be true. It, was it like an instant, or a year in, or at yeah. some point? I mean, it was. We met, uh, we had a really sexy evening at Jumping Jacks in Nottingham, <laughs> uh, which, you know, Perfect. not amazing to yeah. talk about in terms of the date stakes. <laughs> I did ask him to that, which he was quite impressed by. Yeah. Uh, I took his number down. He was wearing some very fetching stripy Birkenstocks at the time I asked him out Goodness. in the student union. Uh, yeah, we don't have those anymore, but that's a, that's a travesty. Um and then we didn't, We I went travelling for a bit, I remember that summer, and then we, we brought it back together and we got together in London for a day because I was here on work experience mm-hmm. at the Sunday Times. I'm a, I'm a Mancunian, so I was a, a northern girl trying to trying to find my way in the south. He's yeah. from London originally. No jumping jacks in London. No jumping jacks. It was a far nicer affair, his <laughs> date. Um, and on that date, as mental as it sounds because we had so much to talk about mm. and I'm, you're guessing and getting from me that I talk a lot. I love it. Um, but we had so much to talk about. I never, I, my chest, you know, I was like, I, I, I have so much I want to know about this person. Mm. I was so excited by the chat. It was, I hadn't met a man that challenged me in that way or made things as exciting as it seemed. And I got really drunk, obviously. Mm. Um, and on the way to the loo in the second bar, a lot of detail there yeah. <laughs> uh i rang my best mate who was like how's it going you did because i always think on first dates when people ring in from the toilet like i would be worried i like, rang and i said i'm gonna marry him no god yeah and i'd never felt like that about anyone yeah ever that's incredible and i'd always dump people i'd always been the one to you know move on mm. quite quickly and that's what I said. And when we got married, however many years later, it's five years ago now, but however many years on from that, she she said, you know, she she said she said this, you know, mm. she's not lying. When I, I obviously did a short speech at the wedding, obviously, obviously, yeah. Ladies do speeches. Another piece of advice. I did too. Good, yeah. good woman. Good. You have to. I did all the work, so <laughs> I'm going to talk. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> uh, well, this is interesting because you say you are a talker, but you said here. One of your best pieces of advice is don't reply straight away. Yes. And I suppose in one sense, I am I was thinking mainly about email. Okay. I think when you receive a message that you are upset by, mm. either work or personal, text message, 
I think digitally often it's not what it seems mm. in the digital world. You know, if you were actually to have that chat by phone, probably would be something a little bit different. Yeah. And in my experience, just by having a cooling off period, even 12 hours, mm. say you get at eight o'clock the night, you know, the night before 8am, you might be ready to mm. reply. I just think that's really good advice. And I have not always followed that. I've mm. fired stuff off in response and it's come across badly. It's come yeah. across wrong. Yeah. I've sent emails very quickly after before and reading the, reading them even an hour later, you're like, oh God, like it's so quick how you can call down. I, I also loathe uh, digital communication. Mm. I loathe it. I loathe texts. I loathe WhatsApps. All these people in my life who I adore, suddenly they just want to have like a long essay chat with me. Yeah. I hate WhatsApp groups. I just want to, where are we meeting? Let's go. Or mm. let's have a phone call. Yeah. A lot of friendships have been broken by WhatsApp groups, I'm sure. <laughs> How do you, living in the digital world, what about Twitter? Because you are active on Twitter and it I am. can be a bit of a horrible place to it be. It can. Um, I did even get quite a nasty message last night that I thought about just before I went to bed, uh, which was all about the fact that a tiny bit of my last show was about people's pregnancy stories, okay. other people's pregnancy stories, their birth stories, to mm. freak me out and help me on my way. <laughs> um, and it was quite a neat, nice way of saying goodbye to my listeners for a little while but also hearing about mm. their experiences so I don't like self-indulgence and I don't want things to be all about me but mm. that's how we did it and I got this message late last night from this man who's got about 70 followers yeah in Always capital is. letters saying what about women who can't have children Emma what about women who don't have that choice you're an absolute effing sellout kind oh, of thing geez. or something to that effect yeah. And it's funny because actually the ones where it's like die whore or die bitch or I don't actually get rape threats. Right. Um, I know that sounds weird to say, but I just think it's quite good to be Sad almost that you have to say that, specific but... about what I do get. My main bulk of criticism is either you massive Tory or you massive lefty. Uh, you big Jew, you disgusting Jew, a load of anti-Semitism, which I do really hate. Um, and then there's a load of sexism and misogyny and that I laugh at mm. mainly. But actually it's weird when they're not just filled with expletives or really extreme and you can write them off. They're the ones that sort of go in your head, oh, maybe I didn't think about women who couldn't oh can't or are struggling to have children. And of course, I have done many items on that. I have yeah. endometriosis myself mm. and I've talked very openly about those issues. But in one tweet, he managed to make me just think, really doubt yourself. was that a terrible yeah. uh, you know, item to do throughout the show? And yes, it wasn't because the majority of people really really enjoyed it even if they've not had a child and we had loads of feedback mm. so um how do i deal with twitter mute is very effective mm. uh most of the time i try and find it funny before i left the telegraph with my team there when i was running the women's team we did the um the worst stuff below the line for each other we made a video okay i think the best one my colleague got at the time she won't mind me saying claire cohen it's online she was called the flange who must be obeyed <gasps> <laughs> God's sake. That's amazing. I just put that as my Twitter bio. I think she should then... have it on a T-shirt, definitely. Mm. Um, so I loved that. And um, my point is, if you try it, I think if you bring it to life and you make it funny, mm. you can deal with it. Yeah, absolutely. That's good. That's another piece of great advice.
Grazia Life Advice is brought to you by Primark. Amazing fashion, amazing prices. Emma loves sending family and friends notes rather than always picking up the phone. And if you'd like to take her advice and give it a go, Primark has loads of fun stationery and small gifts to remind loved ones you're thinking of them. Our best advice is to get down to your local Primark store and take a look. Now, back to Emma. You've got here, it's usually not as bad as you think. Yeah, so it's kind of building on the whole don't reply straight away. Mm. But I feel, can't say it necessarily, well, you can say it in personal life as well, does it Does it count? But sometimes when something I think quite dramatic happens to you at work or maybe you get an offer for something and you think, well, how could I possibly make that decision? And if I do this, will it stop me from doing that? And I've just found, and I suppose it's getting older, I'm not, you know, terribly old at 33, but Mm. I've now had more than 10 years in the workplace, that it's just the worst thing you imagine will happen very rarely happens. Yeah. And I just wanted to say that because I think it's it's actually quite an optimistic thing in a way. Mm. You know, your worst fears rarely come to pass. And there are lots of things you can do before you get there. Again, I'm speaking in generalities, but you know, even things that frighten you often end up being really good things as well. Mm, yeah, absolutely. I have to ask, one thing that was worse than any, everybody thought was the BBC pay gap when it came out. As a woman working at the BBC, yeah. how kind of time after that you've had time, everyone's kind of digested yeah. it. Where do you stand on that now? What, do you, well, what are your thoughts? I mean, it's quite confusing in some of the ways because there's several processes going on, mm. uh, which even as a... BBC member of staff. I don't think I've quite followed where we're up to with various yeah. bits of it. The BBC itself has said there's a problem. I mean, yeah. the data is the data. Although what I would say is the list itself wasn't perfect mm-hmm. because it wasn't always comparing like for like. There's some people probably earning even more that weren't included there because their work goes through an independent production company. So it wasn't a perfect science, but it was enough to show... Yeah that there was an issue. Tony Hall, Lord Hall, who runs the corporation, has said there is an issue. And I think while those processes are still happening, Mm. it's hard to conclude what the change will be. I do think, uh, you know, the the BBC is the only organisation which sort of self-flagellates like it does. And I think that we have to wait to see some of those processes at the same time, you know, this morning, the BBC's done an FOI, a Freedom of Information request, to show an issue that almost, I don't know if it is worse, but seems worse in the NHS. Mm. That the majority yes, of high paid people within the NHS, only five of them are women. So I think what the BBC, it's no excuse, but the BBC has said, look, our gap is like 10% or whatever it is. Other places it's going to be higher we are seeking to address this. Mm. If they don't address it, then come back and interview me again. Yeah. But I think there's processes. Let's see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. And I I love this last piece of advice that you're passing on because this is something I think as well and I think is important at the moment with feminism and everything that's happening with women's movement. Helping others takes nothing away from you. I love that. I think that's really... Yeah, I... I mean, you you can check, you can double source, you can triple source. Um, But a big thing for me has been helping younger men and women anytime I can in my career. And I think being generous is a brilliant thing. I get an enormous 
sense of satisfaction and happiness. So call it selfish as well. But I didn't have anybody who helped me mm. get into this field uh, in the sense of opening any back doors that were unusual. Um, unless you count one kind of guy who was <laughs> in politics with me at uni, whose dad, I think, was the car washer of someone at the Sunday Times. And that's how I got that first email address. <laughs> well, that's great. That's um, a good so, story. so, I mean, he was cool and yeah. that was cool. <laughs> and, you know, she made reference to it. I walked through the door and I got this week's worth of, of experience doing index cards when they still had these things mm. of contacts books. Um so I really do like to give people a helping hand. I also really think it's good if you can give them honest feedback. Mm -hmm. um, have reduced a couple of people to tears uh, with how honest I am. Yes, not meanly, but mm. I'll say if something's not mm. right or good. But I say I'm equally honest to everyone. Okay. And I've been the recipient of huge amounts of honesty in my career, which, really? you know, can be quite also full on. But how are you ever going to learn? And well. sometimes... I wouldn't be right if I said something to you that was a judgment and you could choose to ignore that, vice versa. I've had to, you know, when you are a, a public broadcaster, mm. there will be people who hate your voice. You know, there will be people who hate the cut of your shtick. They'll hate everything about you um, and they'll let you know. But I've always said I'm Marmite. Uh, I said that in that wedding speech, which got far too big a laugh for my liking, considering <laughs> these are all my friends and family, supposedly. I was making the point that my husband is one of those people that everybody seems to like. He's not boring at all, but yeah. he just goes down well. He's more agreeable, whereas I'm like a curry or a marmite. <laughs> um, so, you know, I'd rather that's how I'm viewed. But in terms of other people, I just I always think connecting people like, you know, if you told me you wanted to meet somebody mm. and I had a way to get that, why wouldn't I give you that contact? Mm. And I think it's always worth rem remembering because I've had this before that it doesn't take any, you know, if you help somebody else out doesn't mean someone's going to come and take a little chunk of your happiness or goodness or luck. It's no, if anything, it's it's like spreading the ecosystem that you're within mm. and it's helping somebody. And I don't do it so that in 10 years time I can call it back in or yeah. in five years time they'll talk to me in a different way. Mm. But I, I just think if you can help, why not? And mm. it's equally what I said about digital communication, because I loathe it. My emails are never more than two or three lines long, mm. unless there's something really wrong. And I've, <laughs> I've replied straight away and I'm just going for it. Yeah. But why not? Yeah, absolutely. And we like to finish on the worst bit of advice you've ever been yes. given. Uh, I, some, who told you not to take anything else on? My mother. Did she? Okay. Fine. Sorry. So some of the best advice I've had is from my mum. Yeah. And I love my mum very much. Um, throughout my life, because she loves me so much, I'm an only child. Uh it's a very you know intense thing. She's an only child. So I think you've know, had this line of female only children. Um, she just has never wanted me to get hurt mm. or have too much on. She finds my schedule bewildering. And I suppose at times it has been worse than at other times. Like for, for about six years, I worked six days a week because I used to have a Sunday radio show as well yeah. as my Telegraph job. And that was great for me in lots of ways because it did get me to where I am now, you know, hosting a, a show on Five Live every day. But I remember just before, and only because I made reference to it earlier, so it's probably the easiest one to say, when, when I was going into the editor's office at the Telegraph to, to pitch the women's section, because I had to pitch for new money, I had to pitch for a section, I had to pitch for a team, I had to say why we were needed to do more for that audience. 
I remember her just saying to me, if you're, if you're that stressed about it, just don't bother. Mm. You know, don't worry. She wasn't saying don't be ambitious. She wasn't. Just like, I think it was a mother's love. Yeah. Being like, enjoy yourself a bit, darling. And I was quite, probably quite rude to her afterwards when it did come off. And <laughs> I think I said, you know, she came to the launch party. She was very proud. But I did say to her, you know, if I'd listened to you, I wouldn't be doing, you know. Mm. And... Yes, I, I think more is more. My interior design is like that. I don't have a square of wall that doesn't have a photo on it or frame. Everything with me is all or nothing. Yeah. And I just think my mother wishes I'd take it a little bit slower, which she may have got her wish now because in the last two weeks of pregnancy, my ankles have swollen. You have to literally take I will, it slower. Yes, but I might write slightly longer emails. Yeah, that's <laughs> Just thinking about motherhood, do you think about the advice you're going to pass on and oh gosh no I need all the advice can you do another podcast (laughs) now for me and get someone in here who knows how to do this are you a mum no I'm not okay there's loads of mum podcasts out there loads of really good ones I know I know I haven't uh I haven't dipped a toe into this world yet I really haven't done anything I'm quite superstitious in a in a out of character thing for me Mm. um you know I've just about bought because my husband said please can we buy some baby grows please can we just get some stuff Emma and I'm like I think we need to meet them first yeah. you know I just want what to, shade of white will yeah, they suit well just, just yeah, that, obviously that and also um, I just want to see a healthy baby yeah, so uh, advice is all welcome right now I'm taking it from all directions my hairdresser who I've had for years and years I think her the, the most memorable bit so far has been because she's just had a baby as well mm. Please, Emma, put some lanolin, I think it's called nipple cream on after breastfeeding if you do that, and then cling film your nipples and walk around the house. It really helps. I was like, what? You like, she's like clinging my head as she tells me this to do my foils for my colour. And I'm imagining I've got to have to cling my nipples. But anyway, I've probably told you too much, no. but I haven't done it yet. It's another piece of advice for somebody out there. Probably someone is going, right, heading out to the shops right now to go and get lanolin and cling film. I think it's called lanolin. Oh dear. Anyway. <laughs> Thanks, Emma. Thanks so much Thank for you. hanging out with us. Thank you so much to Emma. It was absolutely brilliant meeting her. I hope she found some cling film and I hope that you took plenty of great advice from our chat. If you're enjoying the podcast so far, do subscribe, rate us, review us, tell everyone you know. Uh, It really helps spread the word. Thanks again to our friends at Primark for their support. We look forward to seeing you next week for more advice from women worth listening to.